friend, take a long look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself whose you are and remind yourself through God's word what he has to say about you. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello, and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am so happy you have found your way here, and I am especially happy that you have found your way here today, because I have a very special guest coming your way today. Her name is Latan Murphy. She's an award-winning author, and more important than anything that she's accomplished, she is one of the most precious, authentic women that I have been blessed to know. I first met Latan, let me just share this sweet story. We were at a writer's conference and we were at lunch and it was cafeteria style. And so we had to stand in lines like we were in elementary school again. And I was standing in line all by myself because I had come by myself. And I know you think I'm an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. So standing in the line, making me nervous, like I had to talk to people and But all of a sudden, I looked ahead and about 20 people ahead of me, there's this radiant spirit. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, who is that woman? I was just drawn by her light. And I thought to myself, because, you know, my life is framed in pageants and dancing and things. And I went, she just must have been Miss Georgia. She's just so beautiful and lovely. And I just saw her from afar. And I felt a kindred connection to her. And later in the conference, later that evening, actually, we got to meet over sharing Pepperidge Farm Milano's, and it was just history since then. I really, as I've thought about having Latan on today, I think Latan, and I'm going to speak to you directly, I think that you embodied back in the day when I first saw you from afar, a heart lifter. The whole premise of my future of what I was going to be doing in my ministry and doing in my life and doing in my writing. Cause now it's based on being a heart lifter, a person who creates a safe space, a sacred space for people to feel safe so that they can share their stories, overcome any and all negative narratives and live into their destiny, their God breathed purpose. And that is what you did for me. And you gave me courage, which is the subject of your current book, Courageous Women of the Bible, Leaving Behind Fear and Insecurity for a Life of Confidence and Freedom. I just want to welcome you, Latan. Thank you so much for being here and for holding my hand as I walk through some scary waters of having conversational podcast. Thank I'm you so proud of you, and I'm sitting here thinking how natural you are at doing this, and how <laughs> honored I am that you would invite me on. And oh, 
I'm just so happy. I'm going to try and contain my joy and excitement so that I can actually get to the content that I want to get to with you so that we can have a really life-changing conversation for many women. Well, I loved you you from hello. (laughs) Thank you for your kind, sweet words. I pray that that is what my life is about is it is puts hearts at ease. So well, you are a heartlifter. You're a woman that I know from the very first moment. At the time, I didn't even know a heartlift. Heartlift wasn't on my heart. Heartlift wasn't in my vocabulary. The current book, Overcoming Hurtful Words, was not there in my life. Definitely, my new book was not even in my imagination at that time. But I watched you. I did. I observed you because I felt so drawn to how you, how you loved people and actually put them above your own interest, oh. your own publishing pursuits. You were always empowering and, oh, you've got to meet this person. You've got to meet this person. Janelle, you have to meet this person. And that is not normal. That oh. is not, that's not it normal. It should be. It should but be. It makes me sad when we try to meet people so that they can get us in with the the right people. You and I've had lots of conversations about that. And I will say this about you. I'm having a hot flash, you know, because we women, we appreciate compliments, but then it seems like we're not very good at taking them. But, but it's, this is real. Humbly, I want to thank you and want to say to you that, that everything you said to me circles right back to you. And I think it takes a very confident woman of God to be able to even compliment someone so genuinely as you just did me. So thank you. You're so welcome. It's so true. And if anybody knows anything about the Enneagrams, the personality typing system, I am an Enneagram two and Enneagram twos are known for flattery. Mm -hmm. And when I found that out about my shadow side, about that part of myself that I would actually compliment people in the past to get them to like me, I have done a lot of work, a lot of heart work in my life in the past. Gosh, I don't even, I was trying to think what year that was, but it's been over five years, I know, when I met you. And that is not what this is. This is from my heart. It's authentic. I know that that gift in your life enables others to move in their gifts. And that is what my community here, Stronger Every Day, is all about. And that's why I wanted you, I positioned you here strategically so that you could help us all know how to be able to support one another as women and not thank you compete there's no competition no here we are about completing each yes yes and unity and working together and we are going to do that in the future and i cannot wait to see how that unfolds but today my dear friend i wanted to bring your book to my community so that they can have a huge iv of courage put into their body so that they can live through these crazy days that we're living in Mm -hmm. global pandemic now i know your book came out two years ago, but I think it is for such a time as this. It's a timeless message for sure. Timeless. And you talk about many, many women, but the one woman who we bonded over way back when was Deborah, the judge, the prophetess, Deborah. You were working on it as a Bible study back at that time. And then it developed into just being one of the chapters of this beautiful book, Courageous Women Mm -hmm. of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So why Deborah? 
What was it about? I know why I love Deborah. She was the main character of my thesis and my master's work because I want wanted to be a counselor like her. And I actually wanted to sit under a palm tree like her. So I have a palm tree in my backyard that sometimes I go sit under just so that I can. Yeah. So what drew you to Deborah? I loved the story of Deborah because Deborah represents so many of us who feel at different points in our life when we had to literally go it alone to, in order to be obedient to the Lord. When some of you might be women who are single, single mothers, single women who have no husbands, maybe your husband betrayed you. Maybe you are in a marriage, but it's a loveless marriage or a marriage that's not affectionate or where affections are being withheld from you. Or maybe you're a woman who feels you have a call on your life, but everyone around you is opposing and there's great opposition in your life, in your sphere of influence and the people that you associate with, whether it's family or in the workplace or in the church or in your neighborhood, we all are in a broken, fallen world. And if we are to lead, Deborah is certainly a woman who models leadership in a beautiful way and does it with grace and humility and with a knowing that this power of hers has to come from a higher supernatural source, which we know is Almighty God. Yeah. Well, just um, in case, I wanted to ask you, Latan, because I don't want to take for granted that everyone knows the stepper we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So could you tell me where she is in the Bible, why she's in the Bible, mm-hmm. and a little bit about her background, just so that everyone knows this Deborah that we love so, so, so much. So Deborah's story can be found in the book of Judges, and she is the wife of Lapidoth. She is a judge, a ruler over the nation of Israel in a time when I believe the nation of Israel were all so weary of fighting and so weary of the journey. And we can look at our nation now and really, really embrace the story with fresh new perspectives, because I think that many of us feel exhausted and wondering on so many levels, what is the direction for our future tomorrow? And I believe that this nation of Israel was much like we find ourselves in right now. So there needed to be a leader. And what is so beautiful about the story of Deborah, Janelle, is that in her time frame, women were not respected at all. Oh, no. And women certainly were not given positions over nations. And so that piece of her story in and of itself brings hope to me and brings encouragement to me and gives me courage to know that no matter what the cultural changes are, what the temperature in the world is, what the religious spectrum, the temperature in our faith-based economy system is from today and going forward, that God can use us. He wants to use women just like us to lead and that we have been assigned a nation. Our little nation can be our family and those that we are in community with our neighborhoods. It's like God has assigned us to people in order to influence, in order to lead but we can't lead without listening. And I believe that that's what really drew my heart to Deborah was this. Oh, talk more. To talk. Yeah. But few of us want to listen. Mm, 
that is one of the biggest, biggest aspects of being a heart lifter is to be someone that listens in between the lines that listens to listens with your heart, listens with your heart. That's right. And listens more than you talk, which has been a lifetime journey of my own. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How did listening evoke her calling? What part did listening play in her? Like her story? There's so much to Deborah's story that's not told in God's word, we can yep. only imagine parts of it. And when I say imagine, I don't in any way mean to add to scripture or take away or water down what God's word says. But what I mean is if the listeners will go back and read her story, yep. they'll understand that we can imagine that if the culture of the Israelite nation were in a beat down, worn down, faithless gravitation yep. away from God's best, that perhaps maybe her call happened without her even really knowing that she was being positioned there as a leader of a nation. Perhaps maybe it was just this woman being obedient mm-hmm. to a gift that God had given her, which was first, I believe, to listen, and second, a wisdom that was wired from his very being into yeah. the essence of who she was. And maybe it's as simple as when we listen to people that God has this ability to supernaturally give us wisdom, Janelle, that we can speak into people's lives, whether it's our story or our circumstance or not, that's just how he works. Mm -hmm. And so when we're willing to act and obey, then God positions us sometimes without us even knowing that we're being positioned to a higher level. Oh, I'm coming out of my skin because I think I mean, my spirit is just going crazy. Mm -hmm. Let's say that because I feel like your words that she probably wasn't even aware of the strategic positioning. I really don't think she was. I really oh, chill um, all over. Yeah, I really don't. I think that most of us don't realize the power that we have living inside of us, even as believers. I think I can testify to that living most of my life and feeling frustrated, like things weren't happening. And there are still things in my life that you and I've talked about that you want to happen. But when you don't see it happening, sometimes you feel like, God, where are you? And in the process of this, he is at work already. And if we'll just be faithful to use the gift of listening and speaking in the moments that matter, he'll amaze us. I believe so. And I think her husband, like the positioning, just all of it, Lapidoth. Let's just imagine, we talk a lot about in the stronger everyday community about our God-breathed identity. Right. At Genesis 2-7, when God breathed his life into us, his very DNA, his mm-hmm. virtues, and his plans and purposes for us. So I imagine, because I love Deborah so, so much, I imagine that she would have had no idea. I don't think she could have ever conceived because- In a patriarchal system. Let's be real here. We think we have a patriarchal system, and we do in many ways, shapes, and Mm -hmm. forms, but she really did. And so to have even- in her wildest dreams, unless God gave her a dream, because she was probably very intuitive, that she would take the place of the strategic leader, Barack, 
Is that how you say it? Barak or Barak? How do you say his name? I always say it wrong. You no, know, it's like tomato, tomato. Some people okay. pronounce his name Barak okay. and some Barak. So can I read from Judges 4 in your book? Judges 4, 1 yeah. through 5. And I'm on page 20 of Latan's book, Courageous Women of the Bible. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harashethahoyim. I'm not saying that right. I know. Then, it doesn't matter. Keep going. I was going to say in Harasheth. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. I'm going to read that again. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for he had, Sisera had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. And now lean in here. Here's a lean in teachable moment. Now, Deborah. (laughs) Now, Deborah. Okay, just wherever you are right now, I want you to put your name in there. Now, Janelle. Now, Latan. You put your name in there. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. So she'd already been strategically positioned as a judge. She used to sit, used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, which is also where Hannah, my favorite Bible character, is from. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. Okay. Latan writes, now this is Latan. Can you see her in your mind? And I'm going to end this podcast reading in Lexio Divina fashion, which is what we do here, this scripture again, for you to have some time to let it just pour through you. And you're going to place yourself back sitting under that palm tree yourself. But for right now, can you see her in your mind, sitting under the palm tree, shoulders squared, jaw fixed, assessing the situations and circumstances all around with eyes of steel, dedicating herself to the purposed positioning of God as the sun peeked through the clouds at the start of each new day. You are such a good writer. We'd be smart to do the same and teacher. Seek God at the start of our day. How else could Deborah have found wisdom to lead and to fulfill each role of her life with such excellence? And how can we? So her enemy was Sisera, but Barak, he was the commander, right? So tell me how Deborah rose to the top there. So Barak was full of fear. And when he heard about Sisera's 900 iron chariots, which would be in in today's time, like gazillions of iron tanks coming towards us. And we knew when we hear the news of this, and someone has to lead the people, right? Right. Into battle, not away from battle. God calls us into battle sometimes. And he says that he will go with us. Well, Barak expresses his fear when Deborah says, you're God's appointed person. See, God entrusts someone who listens, someone who will sit with him and do the listening work. He will fill them with a word that is specific. And it is a now time word. And he expresses fear. And here's what he says. I'll go. Here's the contingency. If you'll go with me. And I have to tell you that I really related to him as hard as I can be on Barack. Poor guy. Yes, we all are. I 
related to that kind of fear, yes. and that kind of, because I'm a chicken liver. I mean, I am. I confess that in the first part of this book, that if you look closely, you'll see my chicken feathers sticking out of my, my collar. I'm going to have to share that after you finish telling us about how yeah, to work out. find comfort in other people's insecurities when God says, you don't have time for that. I need you to be confident in me and who you are in me. And you've been called to something and I want you to lead. I want you to have the courage to step out and lead and not be looking to the sidelines going, oh my word, who could I get to go with me? How can I get this accomplished with, unless I have somebody to come and hold my hand? And that's kind of what I felt, Barack was doing. But see, here's the thing that we need to remember as, as your listeners hang to this. <laughs> Barack saw something in Deborah. He saw courage in her. He, he saw, honestly, courage yeah. must have been the mantle that she wore. Like she must have been Chills. fearless in a time when she should have been shaking in her shoes to use such boldness to speak out to these men and women and probably youth and children and, and yeah. give the word in season that God was giving her. I can't even imagine. It stirs me up so I'm much. I'm covered in chills right now. I really Who am. Who wouldn't want Deborah to go with them? I know, please. <laughs> I feel like when you were just talking about that, I thought of Deborah and then I thought of David. Right. And in my practice this week, there's always like a theme that runs through my therapeutic practice, my clients. And this week it's been David and Goliath. I have a lot of clients that are facing a Goliath. Yeah. Someone who is hurling insults at them all day long, belittling them, making them feel oppressed and depressed and mm -hmm. less than. Okay. So here we ask how, what was it that Barack saw in Deborah, right? Well, she had been sitting under a palm tree mm -hmm. doing what she had been called to do, equipped to do, empowered to do. She's doing mm -hmm. her thing. Mm -hmm. She's practicing mindfulness. She's doing every day. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is the work of God in my life. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And minding her own business, because that was her business, was to sit under the palm tree and people come to her. Was that, is that the secret? Hmm. I think that, it is the secret. I think that as you're talking, I'm seeing Deborah there. She wasn't running around like a chicken clucking. If she'd had a phone like we do calling our friends and saying, what should I do? What should I say to so-and-so? They have this problem or that problem. What do you think I should say? Instead, she was, I believe, planted on her rear there in obedience under that tree. Yeah. representing a strength and a planting and a root system of faith. And she was looking to one, her almighty, for the wisdom that she would need. That is so specific, Janelle. This is what I love about our God is that yes. he sees each one of us and our conditions. He and he doesn't say yours is not as important as this person over here. Everybody gets the same attention. Everybody gets included. Everybody, everybody gets the same attention. Oh, everybody. damn. Say that again everybody. and again. Everybody gets the same attention. Yes. People saw that wisdom and heard wisdom from Deborah that was not with self motive. Oh. I don't think her wisdom was self motive driven because see, that's what a lot of people were drawn to her is they knew they were going to leave better than when they came. And shouldn't we all live our lives that way? We should. And that's a good should because we don't like to should over each other. And <laughs> that's a good should. 
And that is what I was speaking about earlier when I was sharing my love for you was that you were, you know, there's a big difference and it's a difference that I've learned a lot about between we all have an ego. Yes, we do. We all have ego and that's not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but we all need to have ego strength. And so the difference of this is when I have ego strength, that equates with me knowing my sense of self, my identity. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I believe in my value, my worth, my dignity. Mm -hmm. That frees me then to be able to encourage everybody else in the world and empower everybody else and their gifts because I know that there's no competition, as we said earlier. To me, Deborah, Deborah had ego strength. She knew who she was. She knew who she was. I believe Lapidoth, her husband and her, were yoked tightly. I do had not know be. that. Had I to be. Had to be for him to be going, to be go girl, you be the judge, you mm-hmm. do your thing. We're a team. Teamwork makes the yeah. dream work, makes God's kingdom grow. And so I think that that is why I'm getting chills from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet right now, because it is such an empowering message when you can move through life with such ego strength. I've lived most of my life without that. I love that. And so that empowers me to want to empower you and you to empower the next and the next and the next and next. Well, there's enough of God to go around for everybody. So if good. we could just get our heads and hearts, as that's your focal point today, and every show is your heart. If our hearts could just wrap around that thought, because our hearts have to think in a way, too. I think our hearts have a brain, don't you? Oh, for sure. It's actually proven. There's lots of stats on that, but we won't get into that right now. But yes, absolutely. And above all else, we have to guard that heart. That's what Christ told us to do in Proverbs 4.23. So I just love that. Can I jump to something also when we're talking about Sisera? Mm -hmm. Because I'm watching the time and I want to be honor your time. So I think we're going to have to have a part two for sure. But Deborah's enemy, this is when I was rereading this chapter for the 800th time. Deborah's enemy had a name Mm. and his name was Sisera. Because I like to know what things mean, I went and looked up Sisera. So let me get my other notes Mm. out here. Sisera, Mm. the name means um, battle array, A-R-R-A-Y, which means- had an array of armory. Go ahead, say it. He had 900. He had very flashy. Flashy. Equipment. And here's the Israelite nation with little more than sticks and stones to fight this man with. So you can only imagine. And how many of us feel that way? Like, mm-hmm. Lord, I am at the end of myself. I'm so yeah. tired of being in the same battle. Same battle. And we don't know who our enemy is. We just don't even know many times where to channel our energies for the battle because we don't know who our enemy is. Yeah. Let me read this. I'm going to read from page 23. Latan writes, what about you, friend? Do you have a few fears and insecurities fighting against your daily freedom? And Latan just said, so often we don't know the name of our enemy. Deborah knew his name and it was Sisera. 
So I add in there, I'm asking you today in this moment where I'm at, I want you to lean in and go, well, who is my enemy today? Mm. Who's my enemy? So Latan writes, does your enemy have a name? Deborah's enemy had a name and his 900 iron chariots were intimidating and fierce, causing panic to ripple through the band of worn out Israelites who were surely weary from the battles they'd already faced. But here, listen, God had spoken whispering, and you know I love God whispers, whispering in Deborah's ear a battle plan that included a man named Barak. Judges 4, 6 through 8. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinonim, from Kadesh Nathatali and said to him, has not the Lord, this is Deborah speaking from her God strength, her God confidence, that she had stored in her soul, right? On a daily basis, she'd been practicing being with God, sitting under the palm, has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun, and I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, as you just said, what did he say? <laughs> I'll go if you'll go with me. That's exactly right. And Deborah goes, you'll go if I go with you. Well, Deborah must have been speechless. This is Latan's writing. God had provided 10,000 people and Barak refused 10, to go. 10,000 10, people. That tells you the power of God that he saw resting on Deborah's life. All right, keep talking, Latan. That just takes my breath away. <laughs> it was just so amazing to me. So, Latan, you ask, where is our courage. Are we willing to lead courageously or do we need someone to go with us because we lack confidence? Mm. Speak to that for just a second and then we'll move on to my last most beautiful. I just want to say to your listeners, friend, take a long look at yourself in the mirror mm. and remind yourself whose you are and remind yourself through God's word what he has to say about you right drop the mic and once you know whose you are and who you are you'll be able to move through life alone because sometimes we have to go it alone mostly really even if we are married sometimes god calls us to something so unique and specific that he won't allow our husbands to be there all the time for can you speak to that just a little bit more latan because that's really critical I think there's some people that really are disappointed in the fact that they want support from their person and they're looking around waiting for someone to admonish them. And I've had that happen with me with people in the church before where I was disappointed as a young woman who had a call in her life. And I wasted many years waiting for someone to come and say, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll support you. That I'll go with you means a lot of things to each one of us. It can mean we just need somebody to say, I believe in you. Yes. I believe you can do it. Yes. I believe that you have it in you to be this or that. I see the gift in you. You can do this, girl. Uh, some people listening have never had one person in their life that makes me cry. Today they have two. To believe in them. and to Today you have two. We believe in you. We believe in you. Let us lift yep. our hearts up today and say, you are a courageous woman of God. You are an overcomer. You can overcome your fears and your insecurities 
for a life of confidence and freedom. And Janelle, and I know this because we have insecurities of our own and we are in the process of overcoming day by day. And it's the voice of God who keeps us going and who whispers in our ear every single day as he will yours. Honey, I'll go with you every step of the way. I am so thankful for you, Latan Murphy. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so thankful for you, Janelle. Thank you for I having feel me. so full of courage and strength. And I thank you so, so much for being here. And we are going to do a part two for sure. We have so much more to delve into here mm -hmm. for all of you so that we can be the courageous people. There are a few very brave men that listen. So we can be the courageous <laughs> men and women that God has called and adolescents and children and corporately be the courageous families and the courageous body of Christ who has that strength in God to do the impossible and yes. to rise above the seemingly impossible cultural things that would seemingly limit us. So I just thank you for being here. I do want to close, if I can, with just a beautiful reading again. I'm going to combine both of the passages from Judges 4 that I read and give you that opportunity to experience Alexio Divina, which is that divine reading where you place yourself, use that imagination that Latan spoke of to transport your back, yourself back in time to be under that tree with Deborah, or maybe it's your kitchen sink, or maybe it's on the playground for the hundredth time of the week where you're watching your kids and you're sitting on that bench. Wherever you are, put yourself in this story and listen and lean in hard for the God whispers and see what God has to say to you today concerning your, your position, your strategic position in his kingdom. Judges 4, 1 through 5. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died, and the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth-Ahoygam. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. Judges 4, 6 through 8. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinonim, from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, Barak, has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And I, your God, will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops. And I will give him into your hand. Did 
I not tell you I would give him into your hand? Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Okay, I'm going to finish with Judges 4, 9 through 10. Certainly, I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, Barak, the honor will not be yours. The honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There, Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. My dear, dear friends, my dear, dear friend, what whispers did you hear? I pray that you have the courage of a Deborah in your life, no matter where you find yourself. Remember it said she was under the palm tree, then she was on a mountain top, commanding an army of over 10,000. Wherever you are today, I please, please want you to order Courageous Women of the Bible. It's available at Amazon, all the book places. My website is latanmurphy.com. You can email me too at latan.murphy at latanmurphy.com. So thank you. If you do have any comments or if you have some thoughts or maybe you would like to hear some more and what would you want to ask Latan here? I mean, that would be amazing. And we will do our best to, to give you those answers. So just order them now because, you know, Christmas is right around the corner and the new year is around the corner. And what better way would there be to start the new year by putting that courage IV drip in your body to enter 2021? We really needed it last New Year's Eve. Yes. <laughs> Little did we know. Yes. But anyway, much love to all of you and never forget, thank you once again, Latan, never, never forget, my dear, dear friends, that you have value, worth, and dignity. Yes. Go forth, go forth in the spirit of Deborah today. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.